power's been out. It wasn't fixed in a timely manner, and people are really upset. 93 WIBC it is. The Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's out today. Then Hatcher in for Casey. And oh, look who it is. He spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate. Our good friend Jim Merritt, how are you? Good morning, Robert. Ethan's a good guy. I enjoy yeah, you listening like you, to you, him. You like him because you don't know him. <laughs> and I know you and that, I like you. That's right. You have a very low <laughs> bar to hop over. So by that standard, yes, Ethan's a saint. Yes. Uh, okay. So I think you are. we're going to talk about AES and all the issues going on with them, the people who are just outraged about these power outages and the untimely or what they believe is untimely manner in which they were, were fixed. But first of all, you are uniquely qualified to comment on this because in your 30 years in the Indiana Senate, you oversaw utilities for a big portion of that time. Yes, sir, and and uh, it was a roller coaster, and and the idea of utilities, it's almost like a trust. That when I was growing up, citizens, uh, citizens was a trust, and and you you saw their executives running around in little white chevettes, and and uh, they they just were kind of the the brick and mortar of the community. Yeah, so. Uh, but it, it has changed, and so I actually want to do a little bit of a deep dive on this, and the reason we're doing this is we have received a lot of feedback of people saying, you need to talk about this because we were impacted by this, mm-hmm. and I thought nobody per, nobody better than you because you oversaw the committee that oversaw these people for years. Well, Robert, I'm glad we're talking about it because um, the uh, utilities of the state of Indiana uh, have to be uh, the bedrock. They have to be the foundation, and, and when AES was IPL, uh, and they they uh, this is decades ago, but they went through Northwest Marion County like Sherman went through Atlanta with tree trimming, and that's where all the that's where all the regulations came. Uh, and I helped a little bit with guiding those re- regulations where they're fair to the utility. And what I'm talking about, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, trees you see utilities uh, trimming trees around power lines. Well, that that's first first of all uh, to make sure that you have power, reliable power in your home. But also, when there's there's a windstorm or there's something that hits in Indianapolis, that uh, you don't have down power lines because we all know if a, a power line's down, you don't go near it, Robert. Uh, okay, so let's uh, real quick in case people are saying, well, what you know, what in the world exactly are we talking about? So in late June, actually, this is when my baby was being born. In mm-hmm. fact, mm-hmm. there was a huge storm that rolled through Central Indiana. I mean, we had it there at the hospital. We saw it there. Obviously, it was all throughout Indianapolis. And many, many people in the greater Indianapolis area were without power. 100,000 people or more estimated. And AES, Indiana, is the power company, for lack of a better term, the company that provides power electricity to those people. For Indianapolis. For Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. It went on multiple days mm-hmm. for some people that they were without power so that means they you know lost their groceries obviously if you had animals or young children you're in the middle of the summer you've got to figure out something and you know elderly people and people are livid over what they believe was a lack of timely response by AES mm-hmm to this power outage. Well, that, that's what happens when you don't have ownership inside the state. AES is in like 90 countries. Yeah, it's, it's based out of Virginia. Yes, and, but but also they only serve uh, several different places in the country like Dayton, Ohio, and, and Indianapolis, and maybe a little bit out in the West Coast. And and uh, this is what happens when Indianapolis Power and Light 
uh, turns into AES, that you don't have home ownership. And I'm glad people are paying attention to this. But way back when when you had that tree trimming and 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 they they did that, there were people actually chaining themselves to the trees in their front yard and out in Pike Township. Now. Uh, it, when you have the uh, Indiana Utility Regulatory Com- uh, Commission, well, let, you- let me ask. Let me ask you about that because mm-hmm. the number one question I have been asked over the past several days, weeks, whatever now, and you are the most qualified person to answer this. By the way, our guest is Jim Merritt, former Indiana State Senator, oversaw the utilities for the state of Indiana in the Indiana Senate uh, for many years, and we're talking about this these power outages in Marion County, of which people are blaming AES for. How does someone get, because utilities are a monopoly, you know, wherever you're at, you have one option. You can't shop for the most part. You cannot shop your utility. How does, say, AES, how do they get to be, you are the only option for power in this area how does that happen well it's it's just through regulation and and you have to have a uh you have to have some sort it's some one entity that's responsible in that area uh why so, is that why can't well, you I need sh- a co- you need a cogent cohesive policy and and you also it's all about reliability it's all about costs there are a lot of things that go into this and is, it's, the, is i don't mean to cut you off but this is i just, so many people have asked this question mm-hmm. is the theory on this you can only have one utility because if there were more than one they wouldn't be able to afford to be able to provide the service if people were able to shop the utility yes that's it that, that when people say that to you that is correct you you also uh, you you also need a broad service, a broad reliability of power, and if you have one entity in charge of it, uh, the the saying goes that uh, that that there's somebody that that you can go knock on their door and they are responsible. Apparently not these people because no. it was out for a long time. <laughs> and for those that are listening, we have the Indiana Utility Regulatory. Uh, Commission, and you also have the consumer counselor, and and there's also Citizens Action Coalition, and and the then CAC and the consumer council uh, counselor are totally against AES now because of their behavior. How in do June, you get July. to be? How do you get to be the monopoly though? Is there a bid process? Like obviously, it is absurd now to say I want to be the utility in Marion County. Somebody had to be that or become that. I guess it's not absurd. How do you become the utility? Is there a bid process? Is there uh, interviews? How do you get to be, whether it's Duke or AES or whoever? Well, this is ancient policy. Uh, and, and the legislature way back when, uh, when they had to um, regulate energy, they almost picked it like you, uh, like, like it's almost like a, a regional uh, they represented a, a certain region because they wanted a a clear policy for uh, for the delivery of your electricity and and uh, it just it made it simpler to regulate it and made it simpler for citizens to uh, to get the energy that they needed. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, uh, it's the Kendall and Casey show. Casey's out today talking about this big story: AES uh, Indiana, the the uh, utility provider and the just just visceral reaction from many people who it could be up to 100,000 people had their power out for many of them multiple days at the end of June and, and into July. So what recourse do people have? Like, I have had this happen before. You'll get a text from your provider. It says... Uh, 
so-and-so hit a light pole, and we estimate your services out until 8.30. We are working mm-hmm. diligently to get this restored. Well, it's very difficult. So what recourse do I have? I it, got none, right? You don't. And, you, and our friends at the Indiana Capital Chronicle wrote a great article about this. And if anybody wants to read it, it's it, it uh, please do, because when you look at that, and 30 years ago, in that article, you would have a person at Indianapolis Power & Light um, featured and and responding to these issues now they just they just print the, what was the press release because really there's nobody behind the door there's nobody behind the curtain it it's uh, it's 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 kind of sad that uh, Indianapolis and when I was running for mayor I wanted to condemn AES and actually the city of Indianapolis own their own power utility because I think that's important. Uh, and I think part of the outrage is it's a game of reasonable expectation because AES keeps trying to say there's been complaints filed. AES has responded to those, basically saying, hey, we did everything proper. There's no need for an investigation here. But people are looking at if you had a tornado that rolled through central Indiana, which would be awful and terrible and we would never want that. But if you had just downtown, the buildings have all crumbled, then people might look at that and go, OK, we get that's going to take a long time. But while that storm was was strong everybody else's power got back on Mm -hmm. there's only one place that this really wasn't done in a timely fashion here in central indiana and it was you guys so the thing of we did everything right or worked the way we're supposed to be working to a lot of people they say that doesn't fly because everybody else but you guys got it figured out that's why we that's why the consumer counselor and the iurc are there is to referee and and uh, find out where, find out where the problem is, and why uh, AES isn't giving reliable uh, service to their customers. And it's, it's. I've heard about it. Now I'm not in government anymore. Can you do that? Do citizens have any recourse in this? What? Can they do? What should they be doing? Can you sue a utility? What? What? I mean, if you, any, it seems like other than public utilities, anything else. You have the ability to shop. You have the ability to sue. You have the ability to find a new, you know, uh, provider for whatever it is. But utilities, you're you're stuck with whatever the government says. You're stuck with what recourse do these angry people have? Well, they have to. They they have to. First of all, they've got to they've got to write write a letter to the Indiana uh, Consumer Counselor, and 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 that's very very easy to do on an email with in.gov and the, and I would send something to the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission because you haven't been served well and and that's really the essence of utilities through the years is public service deli- uh, uh, delivering a reliable product and that is not the case to, I I I know some people people that suffer in the month of July needlessly and this didn't have to happen and and uh you know AES they they sponsor the 500 parade but but we want faces we want people that we know in these utilities and and they're not there anymore uh i feel like we could spend a whole hour on this topic oh absolutely we could take calls um maybe we'll do that eventually yeah. right now though you're out of here no <laughs> Where can people find you, Jim Merritt? What are you working on? <laughs> At Jim Underline Merritt uh, on uh, Twitter, Rex, and uh, Merritt in the Morning with B- Brad Kloffenstein. Kloffenstein, yeah, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. All right, Jim Merritt, uh, National Treasure, 30 years in the Indiana Senate. Thank you for helping us understand a very complex issue. We appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Robert. It's Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Oh, it is 
the Kendall and Casey show here on 93 WIBC. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. Don't forget, you can watch us on the YouTube feed. And for those of you who are regular YouTube viewers, we are switching it up. We pulled the old switcheroo today. I am in Casey's seat, and Ethan is in my seat. And, well, this may be one night only. So flood yourself to your local Internet device and see us. Old flip-flopping Rob. Earlier you said you were going to pull seniority and claim the Casey chair for yourself due to the superior lighting. Now it's one day only. Make up your mind. Well, you know, I'm a recovering politician, so I don't have to be accountable to anyone, Ethan. Uh, Before we get into I'm going to ask you about this governor's race going on in the state of Indiana because I'm always curious. Oh, there's a governor's race right now. Well, thank you. I think you're (laughs) tipping your hand here. I'm always curious to get other people's perspective on what's going on because obviously I I have my own and I you may know this Ethan I live in my own little bubble with my own little thoughts and that's what matters most but I'll get, before I get to that I do want to do a, a little we call this in the business a little teaser for what's coming up later and I'm so excited about this in the 11 o'clock hour we are Field of Dreams moment for me we are going to have one of the great guitar players of all time I put him on my Mount Rushmore of all time great guitar players uh, for 40 plus years he has been the lead guitar player for Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band the great Niels Lofgren is going to join us. So we're going to be talking all things Bruce, 50 years of music. He played with Neil Young in the Harvest Moon Band before that. A lot of great memories coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Niels Lofgren joins us here on the Kendall and Casey show. He's okay. <laughs> He's okay. You're the worst. Ethan. <laughs> uh, Rob, let me just take a giant pee right on your memories and, and your feelings and your thoughts. Kev is super fired up about this because Niels is Norwegian. And we all know you love all things international travel. And aren't you like partially Norwegian as well, Kev? Yeah, somewhere along oh. the line. Um, yeah, I, I'm very fascinated by that. Yeah, so that's coming up next hour. But first, Ethan, I maintain that so there are five people currently running for governor. And there's about to be a sixth if Brad Chambers, the head of IEDC, gets in. And I maintain thus far this thing has been a giant snooze fest and none of them have inspired me at all thus far. What saith you? I say when there is a drought of uh, inspiring leadership, you need rainwater. Uh, well, that's that's in, okay. So I guess you have you have opted out on the five <laughs> Republicans running for governor, and I guess. Well, I mean, look, I think at this point it is Braun's game to lose because he has uh, what we like to call the infinite money yes, around here on the show, um, and as so aptly demonstrated demonstrated by Jefferson Shreve in the Republican primaries locally, if you have the fu money, you can steamroll over essentially any competition you want. I think that Braun will likely be the victor here if he secure, you know, whoever the Republican nominee is, is almost guaranteed to secure ultimate victory in the gubernatorial election. So, I mean, I guess Braun is the most inoffensive of the bunch. <laughs> He's OK. Kev, he's uh, not terrible. I'm going to go a little out of order here. Number 11 on our list is down at the very bottom of our our template is this Eric Doden ad. (laughs) So Eric Doden is one of the guys running for governor. He got 600 grand from his dad in a donation. Ethan, what's the best thing you ever got from from your dad? Was it anywhere near college? Was it anywhere near $600,000? No, my college was not that expensive, but. You know, he, I, I got treated to a, a university education. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, from my father, I would say it was the importance of mowing the lawn, and you better do that because oh, you live dad, here. Oh, your dad and my dad would get along. <laughs> he loves mowing the lawn. But for Eric Doden, it was $600,000 to run for governor. And he is the former, uh, now is Brad Chambers is the current, soon-to-be former head of the IEDC. Eric Doden 
passing himself off as an outsider. He is uber connected. He was formerly the head of IEDC, the Economic Development Corporation, underpants. There are no unconnected super insider people that get that position. But he's running this ad, and I want to play it for you because it's 30 seconds where he says absolutely nothing about what he plans to do for governor. And he announced, I believe this is like going to be a $2 million ad buy he's going to do starting this fall, running this television ad and perhaps others. But here's 30, 30 seconds of absolutely nothing. It is the most perfect political ad in the history of ever. The grandson of a preacher, Eric Doden, learned early the wisdom of the book of James. Faith is the foundation, and actions put faith to work. That's why Eric Doden has been a man on a mission his whole life, a devoted family man and pro-life champion, a job creator who's rebuilt communities. Eric Doden is a visionary leader devoted to giving Hoosiers an even better way of life. And that's what he'll do as governor. Eric Doden for governor. What? It's almost like a Saturday Night Live ad, isn't it? I mean, what what does the man plan to do? Why, it's I, like he pulled his political ad from uh, the public commons, you know, free domain <laughs> stuff, and just just put together the most generic bullcrap. <laughs> what are that the odds you could possibly conceive of, Ethan? What are the odds? He said, "AI, write me an ad." <laughs> no, I think Chat GPT would be more appealing. Yeah, what? what, um, I mean, what the, you know, your friend and mine, um, uh, fellow from Daily Signal investigative reporter Tony Kennett. I'm pretty sure he likes this Doden character. Uh, it just, uh, I have no I, idea what the guy plans to do. I have no idea what it, we have. Five people soon to be six running for governor, and you have no idea what any of them, other than Braun. Braun did tell that guy at the Hendricks County Fair to kiss his ass on property taxes. He's not doing anything. Oh, did so he? We I did didn't hear know, about this. We did hear from Braun that he and we and Braun. Oh crap! And Braun voted. <laughs> for the gas tax, so we assume that he is for the largest tax increase in state history and will continue to raise that. Do we but, have that clip? But, I haven't heard this. Uh, no, some guy called the show. This was a couple weeks ago. Some guy called the show and said, I went to the Hendricks County Fair. Braun was there. I had a long conversation, oh, and he said God. he sees no problem with what's going on with property taxes. It, I think he said something like, it'll work itself out eventually. Oh, so he's a stinker, too. Yeah, well, that's my point. They're well, all this stinkers. Is what, this is what I said. When there's a drought of political leadership, you need rainwater. Yeah, Donald, there you go. rainwater. I'm kind of inclined to vote for Curtis in the primary right now just because it would make Holcomb the most angry, but there's no way, you, you can't endorse a guy who you don't know what any of his positions are, but I gotta vote for you know maybe one of these people. Now, I agree, probably Rainwater in the general, but I, I really like Curtis. I mean, I, I do like that he enrages Holcomb, but well, yeah, he's, that's kind of, he's a square. They're all gonna fail, Ethan. They're all gonna let us down. We might as well pick for the one that's the most entertaining, and boy, we know the media's gonna have a field day with Curtis Hill, and Holcomb will just be enraged. Can you imagine <laughs> a world where Curtis Hill's the Republican nominee for governor and Hopper and Holcomb have to defend uh, well of course they're not going to but you know the party boss Kyle Hopper has to like somehow help Curtis Hill get across the finish line it would be one of the most gratifying political comebacks in Indiana history <laughs> all right let's take a break when we come back we got voicemails we got so many calls about the attorneys we had on yesterday for the special needs child who is the uh, who's forced to eat his own vomit That's in Brownsburg schools the, those attorneys were awesome yesterday they totally blew the lid off about how horrific the Brownsburg Community School Corporation is being in terms of helping this kid and his mother and it is just uh, unbelievable what they had to say. So many phone calls on that. We'll play them when we come back. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. It's Kennel and Casey Show. It's time to hear <laughs> from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. <laughs> Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm 
so sorry you have just reached It is the Kendall and Casey show. The phone number 317-684-8444. 317-684-8444. If you want to be a part of the program, leave your voicemail. If it's good, we'll put it on the air. You know the rules. I vet the voicemails. So when you're calling, make sure it's something I might be interested in. I thought the rule was hate mail goes to the front of the line. Well, it does. That's something I'm interested okay. in. You All know, right. I mean, cool. overabundance of praise slash hate mail. Right I just front. want to make sure that the rules were clear. No, absolutely. Yes. Uh, and so yesterday, Ethan, we dedicated much of our 10 o'clock hour to Tammy Meyer, Catherine Michael, the attorneys for the special needs student in Brownsburg who was forced to eat his own vomit. And they updated us on how the, these this kid and his mother, who was an employee of the school system, a single mother who had lost her husband to cancer yeah. working at the school system because she believed the bull crap that, oh my gosh, Brownsburg, they're the number one school system. They're great. It'd be a great place to raise my kid and work. Is they're- that a developing part of the story? Because I didn't know that element of it until your interview with the uh, representatives for the family. Yeah. I, I just hadn't heard that. Yeah, and I'd known this for a while. A lot of things have been revealed. We've known for quite a while. Right. For instance, I knew the video existed. I knew people had seen the video. I knew what was on the video. But we want to give people the opportunity to do the right thing. And as those attorneys laid out yesterday, the Brownsburg Community School Corporation, Jim Snap, the superintendent and the school board, dead set on not doing the right thing and taking care of this kid and his mother. So now we got to start letting the public know what complete what I mean, just what I mean, it's just a complete I mean, what a nightmare. What a nightmare yeah. for this poor mother and obviously her son, who is the, the victim. And, I, you know, I guess nothing other than a court of law is going to make these people over there at Brownsburg schools do the right thing. It's just so mind boggling how anybody with a shred of humanity could do that to a child, let alone a a child with special needs. And I know I, I think I've talked about this, you know, regarding the story before. I understand that there is that there's a lot that is required of the caretakers. And so if you know that you don't have that within yourself right. to be able to provide service for these people, then you should step aside and not abuse them, which is unacceptable. Yeah, it's it's just you're right it takes a special type of person to be able to do that many people probably myself included do not have that skill set but if you're going to sign up for that and again it comes back to how could this thing have happened we know five people knew about this clearly they're on the video and it's a crowded cafeteria and i continue to ask how the superintendent who rules that place with an iron fist could not know about this event having happened for almost 2 months it makes absolutely no sense to me when when the superintendent saw the video there should have just been immediate firings like no you know you're done here uh, so many things are still going to get vetted out. Unfortunately, it looks like it's going to have to be a court of law. And and one of the reasons we gave so much time to this, and we're going to get voicemails here in just a second, is because every media outlet in the city should be beating down the door of the Brownsburg Community School Corporation yeah. saying, these attorneys have reported this. Is this true? If indeed this is true, what the hell is your explanation for the way they're being treated? And if they're lying or not telling the truth, which Tammy uh, Tammy Meyer and Catherine Michael have long legal careers. They're impeccable people. They're impeccable women. They're not lying. But, you know, if you claim something different, what is it? How do you send your kid to Brownsburg schools and not have a just a, a just a terrible feeling in the pit of your stomach right now knowing that this stuff has happened. If you've got local reporters who can dedicate time to do not one, but multiple stories about the 16-foot pothole on the east side of Indianapolis, I think you can get a reporter out there to cover the Brownsburg school. All right, so most of our voicemails today are going to be dedicated to that. Let's just roll through them. Kev, go. 
been listening um, to your commentary on the Brownsburg school systems. It's very informative, and thank you for all that information. Um, several times in several days, though, I've heard about some allusions to the private schools being the wonderful alternative. And while some or perhaps most are um, and provide excellent educations, they're not without their issues, too. And um, there is a tremendous amount of of uh, weakness and inertia in many private schools as well. Um, so, again, they're not without their issues. Anyway, thank you for your reporting, and um, have a great day. I don't think anybody's saying they're not. I think the issue is I have to pay for this crap going on at Brownsburg. I can't or I lose my house. Yeah. I, by threat of force, I have to pay. Now, I took great pride in getting my assessment lowered this year. And a shout out to the Hendricks County Assessor's Office, who did a great job working with me. Because I did the estimate. And, Ethan, I think I cost the Brownsburg school system between $1 and $200 by getting my assessment readjusted, which really was my main focus in, in everything. You did your part well, as a Well, I, I did, yes, absolutely. And everyone should have appealed their property assessment. And the Hendricks County Assessor's Office was, was fabulous. But I have to pay for this. If there is egregious behavior that goes on in a private school, it should be dealt with it shouldn't be tolerated anywhere no one's saying the private schools are the end-all be-all but everyone should have the choice just like with college to send your kid wherever you want to send them and if you're worried that your kid might have to eat vomit like happened at brownsburg schools then you should be able to send them where you want to send them and you shouldn't have to risk financial ruin in order to do it as if that policy wasn't already common sense enough most of the vulnerable families who this who this policy would benefit the most also support school choice so you know yeah all right what's next good morning kendall and casey i have thoroughly enjoyed as i have for quite a while the take you have on brownsburg schools uh the part i enjoy is that you are asking uh, for assistance for the mother and the child that went through a horrific situation Uh, the one thing i did want to comment and again i love what you brought to light this morning on those who have left the Brownsburg School Corporation and they have failed to speak up. What I would like to ask each and every one of those folks that have left, whether it be uh, because of a student or because of faculty, administration, whatever that might be, what if you were to go into a school corporation that this same information that happened or the same incident that happened, uh, you weren't aware of it? How would you feel about that? So if you don't speak up, one of my main concerns is, what does it leave for those behind? What's it leave for people who transfer into Brownsburg schools thinking that it was just as the mother that uh, this investigation is under? Is, you know, how would you feel if that was being hidden from you? So if you're leaving and you're not saying anything, what are you leaving behind for those who will stay at Brownsburg School or transfer there. So, again, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Love you. And the attorneys made this very clear yesterday. They need to hear from more people. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be the conduit for that, whatever school system you're in. Obviously, they're focused on Brownsburg and what happened to this kid. But I have heard from so many people after this story with this special needs child came out, they said, yeah, my kid went to Brownsburg schools and he or she went through A, B, and C. You got to speak up. This stuff is allowed to happen because people... And people look, it's easy to be timid. It's easy to be afraid. Say, well, I don't want to rock the boat. I'll just get out of there. I'll just take care of my kid. 
we're all in this together because we're all paying for this little cesspool of awfulness to happen and you got to speak up if you've got something to say well let's let, let's not uh, dismiss the victims here because it's not you know always oh i don't want to rock the boat sometimes they just don't have the financial ability to maintain a protracted battle against the school uh in, in a legal capacity not you know everybody has tens of thousands of dollars for lawyers fees but you know what you do have ethan you have me and rob at wibc.com yep. is the email and there is you can't put a price on the value of these airwaves we know that everyone knows that and if you have a story to tell we're interested in hearing it rob at wibc.com whether it's brownsburg or any other place people need to know if these amongst the most vulnerable amongst us if they're being mi- mistreated and so we're here we're this, we're willing to listen this is the value of the fourth estate yep you're absolutely right all right what's next kev Hello, Rob and Casey. This is Tom from Brazil. Just listen to your uh, your segment about the Brownsburg School Corporation. And another thought about uh, people who leave instead of fighting and everything. You know, the people who leave are financially able to leave. And so that leaves, once they leave, that leaves the less fortunate, the ones that don't have the money to fight. And that's the most vulnerable of of the ones that will be there. So they're putting them in even more jeopardy. And it's just a a snowball effect there that just really, it just really sickens me. That people won't stand up and fight. Instead, they just run away. And then, like I said, the more vulnerable pay the price for good people for people who won't stand up to fight tyranny yeah he's absolutely right i think we've got one more call about this uh the brownsburg school uh, special needs student abuse case uh yes regarding that unfortunate incident uh with the special needs child in brownsburg uh first of all loving your show today with the uh interview with the attorneys lots of good information thank you i hope they can get their things resolved uh but on top of it all the idea that these kinds of students the special needs students students who need more than your traditional average joe student has no place in in now in public schools i think we're seeing that because they have such needs that the school system doesn't want to address it. And so they just stick them in a closet or abuse them or ignore them. And the kids don't get the kind of attention they need in the general public school system. Again, that's why this idea of no child left behind, it was come on with the Bush administration, and you know, all this is inclusive in the classroom. It's just nonsense. Put these children where they can get an abundance of help that they need because that's what benefits them. All right. We've got one more voicemail, but I'm going to save it because someone had some great advice for Kev. We've spent the last couple of days talking about <laughs> Kev's upcoming vacation to an Indian burial ground. Apparently that's his desired hot spot to go to, yep. but I'm going to save call. that for the next hour because Hammer joins us next. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. It's Kendall and Casey show. How come you're always such a fuzzy young yeah. Don't want no Captain Crystal. There you go, Kev. It's Kendall and Casey show. Ethan Hatcher and for Casey Hammers here. Hello. So I like the mood music here because if you're friends with me on my personal 
Facebook page, not the Hammer and Nigel page, but my personal one, you'll know that I experienced something very bizarre earlier today. Oh. So I'm in line at the McDonald's drive-thru. I just dropped off Jacob at school. It's like, all right, I'm going to get a uh, you know a little sandwich here and drive home. Yeah, I mean, it's exhausting. you got to take your evil kid to school. I mean, that really <laughs> takes it out of you. I understand totally. And this woman in front of me in the McDonald's drive-thru line, and I'm right behind her so I can hear everything, mm-hmm. she's yelling at the McDonald's worker because they didn't have any cake. She ordered cake. Cake. Right. Did they ring up the cake? No. So she's at the speaker. Okay. She orders a McMuffin. She orders an orange juice. Mm -hmm. And then she orders cake. And there's like an awkward pause. And then I hear the worker, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah. Cake. Uh, Ma'am, we don't have any cake. Her response, what do you mean you ain't got no cake? (laughs) And she yells at him. I saw that you have cake. And this poor person working the McDonald's drive through it's probably been at work since like four in the morning. Sure. Ma'am, we don't have any cake. Uh, And then she just pulled up anyway. Okay, so it's one thing that you are that stupid to think McDonald's has cake, because McDonald's has, to my knowledge, never had. Well, see, that's what I thought. But I put that out on Facebook, and I guess there's some stupid TikTok trend where if you ask McDonald's if they have cake, some of them have birthday cakes that they have frozen in the back. What? Yes. But this has never been advertised. Like, no, there's not, there's no, not a, there's it's not, a, not. There's not a TV ad going, come to McDonald's for our cake. Yeah. Right. And even if they did, even if they had this isn't at Dairy some Queen. point served cake, you're right. You've got some guy there who, you, if he's working breakfast, has probably been there since 4 a.m. He is making food for you. He is feeding you. And you're giving him the business as he's just trying to get you through the drive-thru so the next person can be helped. So I do not have a TikTok account. Good but- for you. The comments on my thread said that those McDonald's that have the playgrounds, I guess, where they can host birthday parties, mm-hmm. sometimes they have cake. Ah. And this woman, I guess she didn't realize that this McDonald's clearly didn't have a playground area, was demanding a cake. Now, on one hand, I thought, what a lunatic. But then I started thinking about this more. And like, I'm so up in the air about this whole thing. I'm so confused about this because I almost respect the fact that this woman crawled out of bed probably at 8.30, said, you know what? I want cake for breakfast. (laughs) Kiss my backside. I want cake. And you know where I'm going to get it from? McDonald's. And I'm going to wear pajama pants and I'm going to go through the drive-thru and that's going to be my breakfast. Yeah, because wouldn't if you really wanted cake, you know, if there's a local Kroger near you, definitely has some cake. A Walmart would have a a cake. The world-famous Beach of Walmart right across the street. Yeah, as cake. And again, it comes back to, okay, first of all, it's like having some cheat code in Mario to know that they have cake. The average person wouldn't even know that some McDonald's do have cake. You're being mean to a person who is trying to help you give you food. And it's just saying, ma'am, we don't have this. And you're that irate about cake. And I'm not grammar Nazi guy. That's not who I am. But the exact quote, what you mean you ain't got no cake? <laughs> Look, I think McDonald's has made a dire mistake here because as Marie Antoinette once said, when the proletariat wants cake, let them eat cake. Who are you? <laughs> Why are you here? Hey, so the second part of the segment is going to be rip on Ethan, and that's a phenomenal segue to get there. 
go. So when Ethan shows up to work, I can never tell where he's coming from. Like, I don't know if you just came from like the gallows of hanging like Wyatt Earp somewhere, or if you're the guy that works the help desk at a Renaissance fair. What the hell is this outfit you're wearing? And why on God's green earth do you have so much hair on this hat? My God, did you sleep with Chewbacca last night? Look at this thing right here. I is that cats. your hair? I have cats, Jason. On your head? Sweet mother of God, clean yourself. What the hell is that? Wash that. Dry that. I'm going to throw up. I would rather eat the cake at McDonald's and spend another minute looking at your stupid hat, Ethan. But at least it's not the Tom Petty hat. Because sometimes you will walk in here with that hat that looks like you just had a baby with either Willy Wonka or Tom Petty. <laughs> Like, I swear to God, you're a young dude, but I swear you're 67 years old. <laughs> Superfan Drake was once asked, is that a magician when I showed up to his uh, baby shower? If they ever made a real-life movie of Frosty the Snowman, <laughs> you would be the magician that steals the hat, because that's exactly who you look like, but it would be like Tom Petty's hat on instead. I don't know why you're here, and this show is worse because of it. I think the listeners agree by and large. The, the what are the is, listeners saying online? Uh, that, that I'm a super liberal. They're right. Get, get me they off the are air. so right. They're 100% <laughs> right, Ethan. You have no business being in here. I want you to sit there in Mike Pence's chair and just spin around for a couple of hours. Let the big kids do work over here. And why are you in Rob's seat, by the way? Why is that where that Ethan's sitting today? That was a Rob thing. Don't yeah, blame me. That, that was my fault. I needed this computer. And by the way, I think I don't I, like you either. Well, I look much, much thinner <laughs> on this camera, so I'm going to stay on this camera when Casey comes back. I've, I've made that decision. I mean, I look I am, I look good on this camera. I don't look very good on that camera. I look Maybe you should put nope. on, you know, Mick nope. Harry the hat over you here. You know, the uh, I was I'm binging through 24 now. And Ethan, put this on the YouTube camera right there. Let people see how furry your hat is when it's not supposed to be furry. I, I always take my cats with me wherever I go. There's Clearly. always little pieces of them uh, around. Nothing weird about that at all. I, I'm binging through 24. I've made it to the one where they all in the hotel get infected with the virus. I'd sooner get that thing shot in my face than put on Ethan's hat on. Stupid hat. What's coming up this afternoon? Uh, you're going to come by and go off the rails. Oh, how great. We're going to have a good time. Tony Kennett's in for Big Nige. Let's go. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC.